Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Welcome to episode 21 of Talk Tantra to Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. So today I'm going to be talking about what I perceive as being one of the biggest obstacles in the way that we relate in our modern world. Um, To me, there's a lot of fear around communication and how to communicate effectively and when to communicate and when to share a truth and even what is my highest truth? What do I really want? What are my deepest desires? And how do I find a way to communicate this to my partner, to the person that I'm dating, whatever it is. And this fear around, you know, communication has really led to a lot of games, a lot of manipulation, both consciously and unconscious unconscious forms of manipulation um, are occurring in a lot of our relationships, whether it's a long-term or a short-term relationship. It's looking at the idea of like, you can't call a girl until, you know, three days after your date or, you know, little games that people will play in long-term relationships to try to gain control or have some semblance of understanding with within you know your co- your co-creation with each other and, and that's really what I want what I want to get down to and what I want to have very clear here is that we need to remember that our relationships are acts of co-creating we need to we need to understand that the action of creating to create is to express emotion we often think of you know creation as like painting or dancing or making music but we can also think of creating as you know the food that we cook the clothes that we pick out to create an outfit you know even the way that we have sex how we build our life every decision is a creation and the people that you spend your time with are you know helping you co-create they're helping you create the reality around you you are doing it as a as a partnership or you know in in all of our relationships whether it's with our family or with our friends however in this episode i'm definitely going to be focusing on a more romantic spin of things so we need to understand that emotion when we are you know painting or in our relationships or you know as I described all of these ways that we create um, this is allowing emotion to move emotion is energy in motion that's why when you know you go to a, an art museum you recognize that certain pieces of art really resonate with you You're, you start to feel that emotional state that you're on vibrate right and we feel this in our relationships too you know again we are we are our emo, our, our relationships trigger certain emotions and we are, you know, acting them out and, and, and releasing them within our relationships or sometimes we're stifling those emotions. We're not allowing the emotions to flow. We're afraid to tell someone that we love them. We're afraid to tell someone that we're unhappy. Um, so it's really about understanding that relationships are an act of co-creation to allow our emotions our energy in motion to move and if we're not speaking our truth if we're not communicating then we're not really using relationships for what they're meant for which again is to co-create um so we really need to understand that communication is a beautiful way to share where you are at emotionally to be able to create from an authentic place in our relationships. Um, And to me, this fear or this, you know, hesitance to communicate really stems from not being taught how to communicate our emotions in healthy ways from a very young age. You know, as children, we're often told, be quiet, grow up, stop crying, don't be a baby. 
And in, so these are obviously dealing with a little bit of the more difficult emotions, but a lot of us even have parents that really stifled the excited, the positive emotions, telling them to settle down, like go to your room, you're being too loud, you're being too crazy. And, and you, you understand that like there's a, that it makes sense why parents would do this, right? Parents have their own lives that they're trying to like get under control. And now you have like a screaming kid, whether they're screaming from joy or they're screaming from pain or sadness or whatever. But to just, to just stifle that emotion and not offer a, an explanation or a opportunity of like, hey, like, Here's a way to express that emotion in a healthier way, whether it's through movement or breath or sound or communication. Um, you know, you're really doing the child a disservice. And I know that probably everyone listening can relate to having this sort of circumstance happen at least once in their lives. If not, it was likely a pattern. Um, and then you also see in schools, we're cutting, you know, art education, we're cutting music, we're cutting physical education, PE. And so in this way, we're often removing the one of the only, if not the only way that children, the only place that children have to express their emotion, to um, express their energy in motion. Um, and on top of that, we get a lot of mixed messages from the modern media. We're really taught to self-sacrifice that like you hear these these shows that say, you know, you complete me, you know, you make me this whole person. I would die without you, which sounds really beautiful. But in reality, it's putting a lot of pressure on our partners to show up to be the only outlet for emotion the only outlet for expression which just isn't really healthy it's really the media really sells this idea of codependency when interdependency is really where the juice is at and and i and i think that that deserves an episode of its own but to kind of just briefly touch on that an inter interdependent person or an interdependent relationship is someone that recognizes the value of vulnerability, being able to express yourself emotionally, being open and available to your partner in in emotional and in spiritual and physical intimacy, um, but also valuing a sense of self, being still touching into who you are at a core and knowing that that is enough inherently, but choosing to share that wholeness with your partner to celebrate and to learn and to grow together. That's what your soul really learns, yearns for is this opportunity to grow and you can, it, it's much, um, it, it can be a really great tool to do so in a partnership because your partner will often trigger you and show you where there is room for growth. Meanwhile, a codependent person or a codependent partnership is one in which one or both partners tend to rely heavily on the others for a sense of self and well-being. And this often, you know, is looking to your partner for validation. Like, am I pretty? Am I worthy of love? Am I sexually attractive? I will know if I am if my partner wants to have sex with me. Um, you can sometimes see this like, you know, looking f like really putting your emotions on your partner and expecting them to make you happy, to take the pain away. And, and even the opposite partner, the partner who may be in the role of feeling that they must care for their partner to to get them to an emotionally stable place, that partner may be looking for validation that they are needed in the world. And that may be their sense of codependency is feeling needed. They're getting validated that they're being, they're, that they're needed by their needy partner. And so that's where you see this. It becomes this codependency. Both partners become really dependent on that interaction, but no one is being empowered to grow past it. So you really see this enmeshment, right? And this, again, can spiral in, in various ways. It looks different in, in every relationship. But again, coming from a place where you're able to communicate and to be able to have safe spaces to express yourself, not relying on your partner to fix anything, but being able to 
vent or to share I have this desire or I had this crazy dream what could it mean is a really beautiful thing to have especially you know in in your romantic relationships and I think that we still though have a lot of fear around you know understanding our highest truth and to me you have to figure out what your highest truth is for yourself and that takes sometimes you know, meditation and really journaling and getting down to like committing to the inner journey with yourself first. Like you, again, you cannot share, you know, in this partnership from an authentic place if you're not being authentic with yourself first and like really touching into, you know, clearing any shame or guilt or fear around your desires or around, around your truth. Um, And from there, understanding that your highest truth is synonymous with your highest love. So sometimes we're afraid to share our truth with the people that we love and that we care about because we're afraid that our truth will hurt them. And, you know, maybe it will on some level. Maybe it will hurt their human. Maybe it will hurt their ego. But I promise you, it will not hurt them at a soul level. Your truth will do nothing but set their soul free. By communicating, you know, maybe it's a separation or maybe you're, you're sharing a desire that you have sexually or maybe, you know, it's a fear that you have around the way that your partner interacts with someone else. By letting them know what that is, they might have a trigger that comes up. They may feel like, let's use the example of sharing a desire that you have. They may, you, they may fear, fear like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to provide that desire. I could never fulfill that fantasy. But that's their limiting belief that you are exposing to them. You're actually giving them a gift of being able to question is this a limiting belief of mine or is this just not truly for me? And if I truly love this person, am I okay with them finding this need elsewhere? And what does that mean? And it it opens up an opportunity to grow. It opens up this freedom to explore a side of themselves that they haven't before. Um, using an opportunity of separation of saying, you know, actually, like, I don't think that this relationship is serving, you know, us anymore. And this might rock them to their core, like, but I love you. We're going to make this work, right? But in reality, if you know deep down that you are not able to provide for that person to your, your needs, preferences, and boundaries are not in resonance to a point that you know that they deserve better and you deserve better, again, you are setting them free. It is actually an act of love to do so. It would be to cage them and to cage yourself if you didn't set each other free, right? Um, so those are just a couple of examples and understanding that. So, and and it also comes down to loving yourself enough to share your truth, knowing that your truth may not resonate on a human level or in an intellectual level with every person that you meet and every, and, and especially with your partner, like, you know, but again, trusting that you're, you are in touch with yourself enough to know what is your truth and loving yourself enough to share it, to know that you are worth having your highest truth heard and in fact your highest truth needs to be heard it needs to be shared again to set yourself and the other free and and again that can mean a lot of different things you know you can set your partner free to explore a desire that they you know may have some resistance to and to explore what that means for them it can also mean for them to go find another relationship it can mean you know being able to support you maybe it's a fear and they say like this gives them the freedom to explore a a role of nurturing and and holding space for their partner it doesn't always have to be like a physical separation that that's coming from a highest truth 
Um, but it's also really important to know like when you are communicating not to take it personally if someone doesn't agree with your highest truth or if they are triggered to understand the difference of you know someone's reaction being a trigger and not really having anything to do with you like oftentimes when someone has a negative reaction to your truth it has more to do with a past experience than it has to do with what you're actually saying you know a lot of people have different wounds around abandonment or different wounds around being criticized and they may take what you're saying and spin it in a completely different way and it's being able to breathe through that experience and say no I love you and I want us both to be on the same page and so me communicating this is allowing us to explore this depth together okay and that's really the beauty of Tantra is recognizing that you have your own truth and you also get to respect everyone else for their own truth and when you disagree or, or aren't in alignment with your partner or anyone else on your journey, you really take it as an opportunity to know yourself and the other better, to use it as a reference point to uncover what you're really made of. When your truth isn't in resonance, it's an opportunity to look deeply within and say, okay, what does this mean? Is this really, my, is this really who I am and what my truth is? Or am I being triggered by what they're saying? And is that revealing something to me that that makes that allows me to dig deeper into recognizing what my, my higher truth is? And this is where it can get a little bit esoteric and a little bit heady, being able to distinguish between sticking to your value and knowing your truth and, and holding strong in that foundation, but also being malleable enough to be able to listen to others and be able to... Um, be open to your truth evolving with time. So now I would like to get into more talking about some strategies and some guidelines or I guess suggestions would be the best word for communication strategies and when and how to communicate with our partners. So obviously the first thing is to really get in touch with what is your highest truth, what are your intentions, where is your life going and where do you want it to go and and then you're coming from a space where you begin to be able to speak that out loud and to share it. And that's how you really begin to manifest things into action is when you're able to figure out truly what you want and then communicate it and share that intention with the universe to be able to, and especially if it's with with a relationship that you're wanting to um, manifest or if you're wanting your relationship to to transcend or expand being able to communicate that intention again is an act of co-creation so getting in touch with your highest truth is the first thing there and then when you're starting to again share this with your partner making sure that it's the right time and obviously you don't want to keep putting it off for the right time quote unquote out of fear it's more about like touching in with like making sure that your partner is in a good headspace they're in a good emotionally stable space um and and also maybe consciously setting aside time to say hey i want to i i want to have a an important conversation um is this a good time or when is a good time and it doesn't always have to be that structured depending on the type of conversation and ideally in in longer term relationships you consciously you know have a regular check-in which I'll get into later but taking the time to to communicate these things and to kind of set these these markers um, and, and making sure that your partner is in that space to, to receive and to hold space for each other. And it's definitely a red flag if your partner keeps trying to put it off and keeps distancing and just never wants to have that convo. It's one thing if they say, okay, yeah, for sure, I'm happy to, to have you know a, a meaningful chat with you, but I had a hard day at work. Can it wait until the morning or can it wait until tomorrow? Or, or whatever it is, like that's okay, but it's a whole other thing, you know, when that keeps being put off for days or weeks or whatever. So just setting those as a couple of benchmarks, I'd like to get into talking about kind of the, the early stages of relationships, really talking about dating. So I really value radical honesty from the get-go. Um, again, before you should even begin dating, 
ideally you get connected to your highest truth and what your intentions are for dating and then in my opinion within the first three dates you should have that conversation honestly like I think it's better to just do it in the first date before you start to get attached to where is this going or you start to get it like start to create stories in your head um but within the first three dates just being able to communicate your intentions like it doesn't have to be like for this for this stage in the relationship it doesn't need to be like a whole production it doesn't need to be like well I'm looking to get married in the next five years so what what are where are you at what are your what are your intentions like you it doesn't need to be a putting the spotlight on anyone it could be something as light and as playful as like I really enjoy, you know, getting like deep with someone and being able to talk about like really beautiful topics and like I'm kind of looking for something in the long term but I also, I'm not looking to, you know, just choose anyone. Like I'm, 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 my friend likes to say, I'm seriously looking for something casual and casually looking for something serious. Like you can make a joke out of it, right? Um, you can also say like, I honestly don't really even know what I'm looking for 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 in a relationship, and that's why I'm dating. I want to play the field, and I want to be able to experience lots of different types of people, so I can get clear on what I want. Like it can be really like open ended like that, you know. You know, or maybe it's like I'm I just got out of something, and right now I'm just exploring my sexuality, and I'm just looking for people to to experience physical intimacy and sexual intimacy with, and that's totally fine. I think that for a lot of us, we we really want to put our best self forward and we're really trained to people please from a young age. So we have this tendency when we start dating to kind of become what we anticipate our our potential partner or our date wants us to be, which is really doing both of you a disservice um, because first of all, they're not getting to experience the authentic version of you, which first of all, like, bummer, like, they're probably missing out, um, but also, you're not being, you're not really sharing who you are and what you're looking for, which is kind of wasting their time, and it's also wasting your time, because you're, you're putting forward a manufactured version of yourself, and you obviously want a partner who's going to accept you exactly as you are, and if you're not showing up exactly as you are, then how can you expect them to do that? So I think that it's really important to touch in with that and also just understanding that everyone has different needs, preferences, and desires, and they're all equally valid. Um, And, you know, they don't necessarily all need to be the same for a relationship to work. They just all need to be respected, right? Especially needs and and boundaries. And and to get into that... um, you know, you can look at the angle of needs, preferences, and boundaries in in a couple of different ways. And I and I already kind of touched in on chatting about your intentions for even getting into dating, but moving into talking about you know sexual experiences in in both casual sexual experiences, one night stands, or you know fuck buddies or whatever. But also, you know, maybe you're dating someone and it's the first or first time you're sleeping with them, or the first time you're you're being physically intimate. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a sexual experience but um before that happens in my opinion it's very important to go over your sexual needs preferences and boundaries and to me what this can look like is saying things like my need is that you respect me my need is that you understand that I you know I see sexuality as a sacred energy exchange or you know I need to be addressed in such and such a way or, you know, some people need to be addressed with certain pronouns even or, you know, I need to be, I need, you know, 20 minutes of foreplay before, you know, there's any sort of penetration or whatever it is. Um, those are some examples of needs. Preferences can look like things like I prefer, so preferences are more like this is what I enjoy sexually but it isn't necessary but just so you know like this is what I'm into and that can go from anything from as simple as like I need a lot of like or I I prefer to start with like light touch 
and um you know like lots of soul gazing and breath together before moving into more penetrative sex sex or penetrative you know forms of sexuality um i need you to caress my whole body before you caress my genitalia um but it can also be as a preference it could also be like i really like really kinky stuff i like to be tied up i like to be spanked um, for me, I actually like both of those things. And when I communicate my preferences to someone that I'm, that I'm engaging in sexually for the first time, I say, look, like these are my preferences for the first time we have sex. I really like to get a sense of our energy. And like, I like to be a little bit more gentle and loving in like my first interactions, but like down the line, I also like, I also really enjoy like kink and I, and I enjoy more aggressive forms of sexuality. And that's something that I would like to explore with you potentially at some point, but like maybe not the first time. And then you get into things like boundaries and boundaries are those hard no's, like absolutely not. And again, like this can change as you, you know, forge a relationship with this person. But, you know, from the get go, it could be things like I do not like, you know, doggy style. I do not like being taken from behind. I do not like being touched on my throat. I, my boundary is that, you know, um, you wear a condom. My boundary is that um, we talk about STI, STDs. Um, my boundary is that you do not come inside of me. My boundary is... Um, like telling me when you know you're gonna orgasm or whatever there's so many different ways so many different boundaries that could be for someone and again um they don't all have to be the same for for sex to proceed or for intimacy to proceed but it's just understanding that they're going to be respected and I think that this is like such an important exercise primarily because it very clearly addresses consent and to me I think one of the reasons that we're seeing this like very clear uptick in you know sexual assault or you know like boundaries being crossed sexually um it's because we're not communicating these things before we go into sex so we're like men or I'm sorry I shouldn't say men people in general really are are used to intimacy kind of going with this flow and it's also important to understand that you're in a altered state of consciousness you have this like very powerful energy running through your bodies so it's very hard to be able to communicate effectively in those spaces so I even recommend that you have this conversation when you're having dinner before going into the bedroom but obviously, like, you know, whenever it happens, it happens. Just ideally it happens. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, often I think females or people that identify as feminine growing up, we're not taught how to say no. We're not taught how to communicate these things. And on the other end, you know, men or masculine, um, you know, people identify as masculine aren't taught how to ask these questions and how to ask for consent. Um, and that's why we're seeing this explosion of, you know, assault. And and I think that there's obviously some some really troubled people out there that are beyond this conversation. But, you know, I think that a lot of a lot of what we're seeing is actually just like not communicating. Right. Um, and to me, because so many of us are victims of sexual assault or sexual harassment, it's hard for us to feel very safe going into sexual sexual experiences because we're thinking like oh is he going to you know touch me in this place that in like an example would be maybe someone you know crossed their boundary maybe something maybe they were raped or sexually assaulted or maybe they didn't have that radical consent that they needed in a sexual interaction and so they don't like to be touched on their neck because that person grabbed their neck very aggressively and it was very traumatizing for them. So then when they're going into a sexual experience, they're constantly going to be thinking, is he going to grab my neck like that guy did? Or, you know, another example would be maybe someone tried to penetrate them anally before they were ready and they didn't have that conversation. And it just happened before they were able to give consent for that. 
for that type of you know penetration and so then like as soon as someone turns them into you know taking them from behind or doggy style their mind immediately goes to oh my god they're gonna try to penetrate me anally and like they freak out and then this takes you away from being able to fully surrender and fully enjoy the pleasure of intimacy whereas if you're able to communicate before hey like my boundary is I don't want to be taken from behind my boundary is you cannot touch me on the neck then you're able to go into that sexual experience saying like okay they already know like that I do not like those things or those are my boundaries and they also know that I need a lot of foreplay and they also know that I prefer you know lots of nipple stimulation or whatever it is and they also know that I need a certain level of respect so then you can fully surrender and enjoy the experience whereas if you hadn't communicated that your mind would be racing right and it it goes inversely for the person that may be initiating the sex um which you know would manifest as them thinking like do they like this is she is she enjoying this is he okay with this and then again you're not able to be more intuitive about what's going on because your mind is in this place of like is this okay am i is this okay is she like are they liking this Um, so it's a really powerful exercise to be able to allow both partners to fully surrender to the experience and to really maximize that pleasure. And again, like this is something that builds with time, you know, having sex multiple times, you get, you get, you start to understand someone's body and, and there's more and more opportunities, you know, after sex also to communicate like, Oh, I loved when you touched me there. Like, I loved the way you fucked me at that point. I loved this. I loved that. Or, wow, it was really triggering when you touched me that way. And and it made me think about this time where, you know, I didn't have this radical consent and I felt really like, I felt like my boundaries were really crossed and I couldn't communicate it in that moment with that other person. So it really opens up this door to really begin to even do sexual shadow work to really understand you know what is triggering for you in the sexual landscape and where there are are opportunities to let go of of limiting beliefs and shame and guilt and fear around our sexuality Um, And then getting into talking about, you know, later stages in relationships, maybe you've been dating for a few months, maybe it's been years. I think that it's looking at a more um, relationship standpoint. To me, it's really important to communicate before things get weird and hard. So to me, it's really important, like at various stages to create space for communication. And ideally, you know, maybe you set aside one night a week and it's date night and you spend part of that date night, you know, communicating like, how are things going for you in this relationship? What what, do you have any fears? Do you have any things that you'd, you'd like to share about, you know, how our intimacy is evolving, any desires that you'd like to explore X, Y, and Z. And, and also, especially if you're going through big life changes, taking some time to communicate, like, how do you feel about this? Because a lot of big life changes you can be excited about and look forward to so much, but they can also bring a lot of fear. Great example is moving in together or having a baby or getting married. Those are big new stages of commitment, which they can make a lot of sense for where you're at in your relationship they can be the logical next step and they can be something that you're again really looking forward to but that doesn't mean that you can't have fear around them as well and so being able to communicate to your partner like I am so excited to explore this next chapter with you but it's also triggering this element of you know abandonment that I once had like I'm afraid that like going deeper is exposing myself and and I'm afraid that that you might abandon me or this commitment freaks me out because I'm worried that maybe you know we we're not ready or whatever and being able to communicate that and and understand where the other person is at is a really powerful space and and it allows you to create um 
coping mechanisms for if it gets to be too much. A great example that I gave recently for one of my friends, she's moving in with her partner and she was like, I'm so excited. Like it makes so much sense for us. But at the same time, I have a lot of fear around moving in because the last time that I moved in with a partner, it didn't go so well. And, you know, we, we, whenever we had to separate and move out again, it was really tough. And, and I'm just worried about that. And I'm also worried, like I've been living alone for the past year and I really enjoy having my own space. And I'm worried about not having that space, like not having, you know, time to myself when he moves in. So I suggested to her, you need to tell him these things. Like, share that like I'm so excited and I also feel this as well and then you're communicating from a place before it gets to be too much because if it gets to be too much let's imagine that they move in together and suddenly like everything builds up and she's like oh my god I just need space and then it becomes this word vomit where every single thing that's ever bothered you about that person starts to come out at once and it comes out in a way that's much more aggressive and much more you know emotionally charged than if you would have let that emotion that energy and motion out sooner from a more neutral space right and then you're also able to you know come up with a a mechanism that you both agree on before like for example saying like hey if it gets to be too much if I start to notice that I need some space to myself you know are you okay with me asking for you to leave the apartment for for the day or would you be okay if I took the day just to myself and went out and did my own thing or would you be okay if I rented a hotel room and did a night to myself in the hotel hotel room so coming up with like what is our strategy for if it becomes too much being able to agree on that before so that when it does or if it does overwhelm you have a an action or a a um a mechanism in place and sometimes just knowing that you have that plan in place is enough to diffuse the fear to a certain level that it it never becomes it never comes to that boiling point where you actually have to activate it. Um, so again, um, just being able to communicate outside of the charge situation, being able to communicate that emotion before it boils over. Okay. Um, another one thing that I recommend for people in, you know, any type of relationship but especially longer term relationships is something called mono dialogue or active listening and this means that you and your partner you know sit down and you choose a parameter of time you know maybe it's I think 10 minutes is a really good place to start but ideally like even building up to 20-30 minutes where you set the timer and one person just talks open stream of consciousness allowing whatever to come up and it can be in in relation to their work or the family dynamic or any other things that are going on in their life and also what's going on in our relationship and in this time the other person is just actively listening you are not interrupting you are not saying well it's okay I'll help you with this um that's not true whatever you're just listening you're allowing them to really talk from the self to let all of that emotion come up, even the difficult ones, and just holding space for it. And then swapping and, and allowing the other person to do the same thing. Um, and in this time, avoiding any attacking phrases, saying things like, I feel or I observe, instead of you always do, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, and... Another good tool is doing what I call a Shiva Shakti exercise. And it, it's quite similar, but it, there's a little bit more of a framework around what you discuss. Um, and, you know, a really good place to start with this is, you know, with Shiva Shakti, you're, you're sitting in Yab Yum position, which means that you're facing each other. Um, and kind of, you know, the masculine typically is is holding the feminine in his lap with the feminine's legs wrapped around the masculine's body. Um, 
and you know from there you can go into this soul gazing looking into each other's eyes for for a brief period maybe breathing together you can even put your foreheads together and keeping your eyes open and locking that gaze so that your gaze kind of becomes very singular and really focused on each other um and then from there taking turns to have active listening under three topics and so the first thing that you're going to share is what you love about one another and you can set a timer or you can just again allow for an open stream of consciousness to say I love your beauty I love your vulnerability I love the way that you cook the way that you cook food I love the way that you've decorated our home I love that you are so empowered with your purpose and your work I love the way you make me feel. I love the way you touch me. And just keep going on and on, talking about what you love about the other person. Active listening, not interrupting, and then switching, and then creating space for the other person to share those things. And really going deep and really allowing to, to keep speaking until you really cannot think of anything else that you love about that person. Then you take turns talking about what you fear. And again, it can be in relation to, you know, your actual partnership or it can be, you know, I'm afraid that um, it can be in relation to work or, you know, your family dynamic or your own shadow work, your own journey. You can say, I'm afraid that I'll never reach my greatest potential. I'm afraid of death. I'm afraid that I won't repair the relationship with my mother. Uh, I'm afraid that you'll leave me for your secretary. I'm afraid of spiders. You know, it's all of these things, all of the things and everything. And again, just allowing yourself to, to really let go, knowing that this person that you're sitting with is not going to judge you and is going to, uh, hold this safe space for this container to let that out. And then again, reversing the roles. And then the last thing that you'll share is, what you desire and you speak about your desires from a place of already having it. Um, So saying things like, and you can say as we and also I, so, you know, I have my dream job. Um, We are financially abundant. We are financially secure. Um, We have two children. We share a beautiful home. I feel empowered in my purpose. I am healthy and happier than I have ever been. I feel good in my body. X, Y, and Z. Going through all of that and really touching on all of the aspects of your deepest desires. Um, And again, swapping and allowing the other person to share. And then at the end of the exercise, taking a moment to really embrace and love each other and appreciate this element of sharing this vulnerability with each other and doing these exercises I recommend that especially the Shiva Shakti exercise which is the one with a little bit more structure that I just shared doing that one really seasonally is very beautiful and very powerful but ideally you should have space for for radical honesty built into your relationship you know in every moment but having specific moments to check in is really beautiful and in tantra they really recommend that you do you set aside four hours at least four hours once a week four hours that you turn off your phones you are completely committed to wanting one another to create a ritual around intimacy and it does that doesn't always mean that sex has to be a part of it um but ideally you you are incorporating elements of you know, emotional intimacy, which can be explored with these communication exercises. And I think that these communication exercises are really great ways to start the ritual, but also touching in on spiritual intimacy and physical intimacy and in allowing, you know, these four hours to really become this moment to make love from a really authentic and vulnerable place with your partner. Um, So yeah, and I think that now would be a good time to also touch in to talk about what to do if your partner is not willing to communicate and you're having issues with communicating with your partner. And I think that, you know, really activating your throat chakra and and being able to communicate 
from a place of assuredness and strength and not emotional reactiveness, but being able to say like, clearly it is my need. It is my need to go deep with my relationships and to have emotional intimacy, to feel safe with an equal energetic exchange of communication. And based on our time together, I'm not observing that this is a shared priority but I need you to know that it is a need of mine. And if you're not able to take the time and to show up in this way, then we need to consider what that means for this partnership. And you can also explore the idea of like, maybe we bring in a third party. Maybe we bring in, you know, a tantric professional, a tantric mentor such as myself. Maybe we go to couples therapy. You know, what does it mean for us to have this this happen? Because again, a lot of us aren't don't do not know how to communicate. So sometimes you need a professional. And and that's okay. It's okay to ask for help for these, you know, elements. Um and 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 if your partner isn't even willing to do that to invest in the education for themselves and for your partnership, then maybe you need to consider getting that need met elsewhere. And, you know, there's so many different ways that relationships can evolve that that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to let go of your relationship with that person. However, emotional intimacy is a need. And so maybe you find that need met with a therapist, with a coach, with a friend, with a family member. However, you know, it's also very valid to to have it a need in your romantic partnership as well. And if it is, then you need to evaluate if that person isn't able to show up in that way, is that the right partnership with you for you? knowing that you are worth having all of your needs met and being able to trust that the universe will provide you with a partnership that does meet all of your needs, preferences, and boundaries um, if you do let go of the current one that is not meeting them. You know, sometimes you have to let go of something to be able to let in what we truly desire and deserve, okay? So I want to kind of close up here, you know, communicating that ideally as children, we are taught that emotions are normal and that we are and we are given tools to help us cope and to learn how to express our emotions in healthy ways. And we are taught how to communicate in effective ways. But really for most of us, that's not the case. So what we see happening is we have a lot of adult children running around. And as you begin to unlock your methods for communicating, for expressing yourself, I really encourage you to be a guide and to help others step into this frequency by creating a safe space for radical honesty. By showing up with radical honesty in your relationships, clearly stating your intentions, clearly stating your fears, your needs, your preferences, and your boundaries, you are inviting the other person to do so too. And it might freak them out. They may not reciprocate. But at the very least, you are planting the seed to say, I am a safe person when you are ready. I am a safe person to express yourself with. And that can mean, you know, actively using verbal communication. It can also mean incorporating different breath, sound, movement, or arts and creativity. You know, you can have many different modalities and, you know, integration activities or coping mechanisms to express yourself. But being able to inspire others by showing up that way is an incredibly powerful vibration that you are sending out into the universe. And that's really how our collective conscious shifts. When you impact one person, just one person, they make change in their life. And guess what they do? They inspire all of the people in their life. And then it becomes this infinite chain reaction into the universe. 
And how fucking beautiful is that? Um, so I just want to touch in and also just communicate again. If, if this is something that you're struggling with or something that you would like a little bit more tailored advice around, maybe you're in a relationship or maybe you're trying to, you know, create a relationship that, um, is based on these principles, or maybe you're just trying to get in touch with what your highest truth is. I do offer one-to-one mentorship programs that are directly tailored to your needs. And I do offer a free discovery call in which we will discuss what's going on and I can suggest uh, a framework for a mentorship that fits your deepest desires, addresses your biggest challenges, and capitalizes on your greatest potential for growth. And, you know, even if in that call, you know, we decide that it's not the right fit, I'm happy to suggest other practitioners or other resources, including, you know, books or other podcasts that have helped me or, you know, retreats or other programs that I would suggest for you. And that really is something that, you know, I I truly enjoy doing. So please do not hesitate to reach out for me, reach out to me to schedule that free call. Um, you know, you can you can get the information on my website, www.talktantratome.com. There's a tab under work with me and you can click on the mentorship. You can also email me directly at talktantratome at gmail.com and also feel free to DM me on Instagram. Um, so yeah. Um, that's all that I have today. So I just want to express my gratitude to you for opening yourself up to the idea of sacred sexuality. And if this podcast resonates with you, I'd love to hear about it in the reviews. It means the world to me to hear your perspective and your reviews also help this podcast become a bit more relevant in search results, which means that more people are able to benefit from the wisdom of spiritual intimacy. And if you'd like to take an even more proactive role in awakening the collective to sacred sexuality, I'd love it if you screenshotted this episode and shared it on your social media. And if you do so, please tag me so that I can thank you personally. With so much gratitude and love, have a sexy and spiritual day, and I'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra to Me. Ta-ta!